happy draft day to you and yours. We got questions. Ooh. Will potential number one pick Chet Holmgren land atop Broussard's Boy, nice. under duress list today? Uh, the Lakers are getting laughed at for trade proposals Ooh. to ship off Russ. So are they stuck with <laughs> Westbrook for the coming season? And the Patriots are going back oh. to the future. Not cheesy at all. They're bringing back the throwback red jerseys. Kevin Wilde. I like that. Fired up this morning. I Look at him. I Headed knew to it. the team store. First things first. Headed to we the got team it. store, Jen. I'll see you later. Wilde's Have a great show, everybody. Move. I'm headed to get that Mac Jones Five jersey. Four of them. Have a good show. I'll see you later. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the Steve Brogan throwback. All right, we'll get to that. We got to start with this. The latest in Brooklyn, new article out from Woj detailing what's at stake. Thank you, Kevin Wiles, for the Nets this offseason. He writes that Kyrie Irving's, quote, impenetrable connection to Kevin Durant looms as a domino to the dismantling of a roster. In other words, the Nets' biggest fear is that if Kyrie walks, Durant could as well, at least in the form of asking to be traded. This this uh, amuses Nick in so many ways, and we'll get to you in a second, buddy. Broussard, I'll start with you. Should the Brooklyn Nets give Kyrie the max deal he wants to appease Kevin Durant? Well, Jenna, first of all, I think it's important that we say this was not Woj reporting that Kevin Durant is upset with the way things are going and will demand a trade or ask for a trade if Kyrie's not signed. This is just Woj putting it out there that the Nets have to be weary and are leery of that possibility. Um, that said, I don't think so. I don't think they should give Kyrie the five-year max. Now, I am just philosophically against giving a player who's been so unreliable and unavailable a five-year fully guaranteed max deal, uh, especially when as great as Kyrie is, and you guys know I am the president of the Kyrie is a first ballot Hall of Famer fan club, all right, or club in that yeah, regard. you are. However, Kyrie's impact on winning just isn't showing up. In fact, this year, they were 30-23, and 23, the Nets, without Kyrie, and they were 14-15 and 15 with Kyrie. And we know they got swept by Boston with Kyrie in the first round of the playoffs. Over the three years that he's been in Brooklyn, their record without him, they win 56% of their games. With him, they win 56% of their games. So I, I'm just not going to give him the full five-year, fully guaranteed max without some stipulations on there. Now, obviously, I don't want to upset Kevin Durant at all. However, I'm going to bank on a few things with KD if I'm the Nets. Number one, I don't think he quit on a team like James Harden did twice. I just think KD loves basketball too much, respects the game too much for that. Number two, I, I don't think that KD, because of his love and respect for the game, would go nuclear like Ben Simmons and just sit out. And just basically, I'm not playing. And also, Ben did have the explanation of mental health issues, which Kevin Durant doesn't yeah. have. And three, Nick, I don't think Durant has the leverage. When Anthony Davis and James Harden 
work their way out of Houston and New Orleans or New Orleans and Houston's respectively, they only had a year left on their deal after that season. Kevin Durant's got four years left on his deal. So theoretically, theoretically, the Nets could trade him anywhere. Guys have leverage yeah, in terms of determining that. where they get traded when they say, really? When they have one year left and they say, look, you can trade for me, but I'm not resigning with you. So nobody will give up a lot for him. But he's got four years left. They could send him anywhere, theoretically, and he wouldn't have a say yeah. over it. So I, I think the Nets should stand yeah. their ground. Like Much like string theory, that's a theory that I understand makes sense, but I don't actually believe in it. I don't know if that's true with string theory. I'm not sure what that is, to be honest with you. Theoretically, yeah. a lot of things are true. Realistically, here is something that is true. We've never seen a superstar <laughs> traded somewhere that he desperately didn't want to go. So, yeah, we always hear this, oh, teams have all the leverage. In the NBA, the teams never have the leverage. Not over the 10 best guys in the league. And Durant is clearly one of those. So this idea sure. that the Nets would be like, oh, Kevin, you're playing for us or we're sending you to the once upon a time frisky magic. I just need to oh. see that happen. I, I, I have seen guys who used to be superstars traded somewhere they didn't want to go, like Blake Griffin, but Blake didn't want to be traded at all. Blake wasn't a superstar anymore, and they were like, "Ah, Blake, sorry, buddy. He was a it's superstar when they traded so, him, Nick. Was he not still a star I don't when think they he traded was. him? He I, wasn't Kevin Durant, I, I think he was, but he was a 20 and 10 I think guy. He was a good player who had dealt with, sure, but it was. But he also didn't want to be traded at all. He, it's not like he demanded a trade, and they're like, we're going right. to show you, we'll send you to Detroit. He thought he was going to stay with the Clippers. He, listen, I do not think that if, Kev, that if Kyrie walks... Kevin Durant demands a trade this offseason. However, I also do not think, Wilds, any of these guys enjoy watching the playoffs. You've got LeBron out here being like, maybe I should start my own podcast. You're not starting your own podcast, Bron. You won't even go on anybody's <laughs> podcast. You just are like, damn it. Oh, There's so many things going on, and it's got nothing to do with invite. me. No, no, what? I, this is, stop it. We, we have one guest and one guest only, Lil Wayne. That's it. Greatest rapper right. alive. Other than that, it's me and my son. Uh, the Kevin Durant stop in the last that. four years has played in 28 playoff games. And if this year Kyrie walks for nothing and the Nets are once again mediocre and out in round one, you don't think Kevin Durant next summer's like, okay, I'm 35 years old now. Or about, he's going to be 34 at the beginning of this season, will be 35 at the beginning of the following season. I am not spending the final part of my NBA career in obscurity, even in a major market. So the Nets have to be thinking about how do we make sure Kevin Durant finishes his career, or at least the next four years, his contract with us. And the idea that it is on, that it is a tenable position to let Kyrie walk out the door for nothing. I just need to see the example, Wilds, of a superstar that walks out the door, the team gets nothing for it, and the team recovers in any short order. Even when, forget hmm. superstar, it, even when Durant left the Warriors, they got something for him. And you know what? It ended up being yeah. important. They got D'Angelo, turned it into Wiggins. Conversely, when Durant left the Thunder, they got nothing for him. 
Did they recover? No, they actually still haven't. In fact, right now they're a G League team. When when superstars leave, Dwight left the Magic. They at least got something for him. One of the things they got was Vucevic, who was the best player on their team for a couple years. You can't let all NBA caliber players, which Kyrie is, walk out the door for nothing. It, you cannot let that happen. And so... I don't want to give him a, a five-year or a four-year max if I'm Brooklyn. But what I can't let happen yeah, but. is a year from now, Kevin Durant say, this doesn't work for me, guys. This hasn't been fun. And I can buy my own private jet if I need to come to New York City for a re- meeting with Kleiman. Like, so that's a, I, I, I think it would be a dangerous game Brooklyn is playing because they are, they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and they have trouble selling out Barclays. How, how's that going to work? If Kyrie walks for nothing and then Durant has to leave. The Ben Simmons show? I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm into that. If you play all about the Benjamins every time he comes off the bench, I think just the, the sort of the, the Brooklyn-ness <laughs> of it gets everybody fired up. Uh, all right. So I, I, my theory on this, Broussard, has evolved. So first of all, I think there is a 0% chance Kevin Durant ever leaves the Nets. I think he is so scarred and has taken so many slings and arrows from leaving Oklahoma City to go to the Warriors. And then, yeah, and then I think he's taken a lot of arrows for leaving Golden State and going to Brooklyn. I just don't think he could take another, you know, more shots to his reputation. I just don't think he wants to deal with that. I don't don't think he's interested. But here's how my uh, view on Kyrie has evolved. I think... Kyrie or Kyrie's team needs to walk in to Josai and Sean Marks and say something point blank. Do you want to be in business with Kyrie Irving? And if the answer is anything other than yes, not a yes but, then the deal is the max and that's the end of the story. That's it. You, Sean Marks, I know you're from the Spurs. You don't have Tim Duncan. Sorry, you're working with Kyrie Irving. And do and you either got to decide you're in with Kyrie Irving or you're not. Or you decide to go in a different direction. Because here's the thing, Broussard. People are like, oh, we can meet in the middle. We can meet in the middle and do like an incentive deal about the games. You play 65 games, we'll give you this amount of money. If we give you 64 games, we'll give you this amount of money. I don't think that's tenable in the real world. If Kyrie's at 64 games and Marcus Smart rolls up on his ankle, what all of a sudden that costs him millions of dollars? If there's a if there's a legit personal emergency, Kyrie has to it, it has to make a decision whether to deal with that and pay attention to that or or miss tens of millions of dollars. It makes no sense, and people are are putting it out there like, oh, you know, that could be. A, I don't think that works, man. I think it's a max deal or let Kyrie go. You have to make up your mind, and it's better to be in the Kyrie Irving business. That's how my theory is involved. All right, first You're of all, Nick, uh, the example the example of the free agent that walked in the team was fine. How about Kyrie? <laughs> Didn't he walk away from Boston to go to Brooklyn? And uh, they were just in the finals. I, I think that's an example no, that's that worked out. Okay, number needed, one. Secondly, the fourth quarter if, score. I, if, if, if Brooklyn doesn't make the playoffs or goes out in the first round this year without Kyrie, hypothetically, and Durant wants out, mm-hmm. guess what? If I'm the Nets, I understand it. And I'll be like, you're sure. 35, we didn't even make the playoffs or we got beat in the first round. I can get a haul well, for that's... Kevin Durant. Then I would understand Durant wanting to leave, and I would understand the Nets being like, 
We tried it with this super team route. It didn't work. We can rebuild. We can get great young players and draft picks for Kevin Durant. Let's do it. So I, I, I think they need to stand their ground. Uh, you know who would love to have Kyrie? Maybe. Lakers. We'll have much more on that a little bit later. Speaking of Lakers, are they now stuck with Russ? First things first on a Thursday morning. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. Get back to some basketball now. All right, so it's no secret the Lakers are trying to move off of Russell Westbrook. We know it. They know it. According to the latest report, the Pacers now know it too. Yep, Lakers reportedly offered Indiana, Russ, THT, and a 2026 first-rounder for Malcolm Brogdon. Wow. To which the Pacers, get this, quote, chuckled. Looking like a slim trade market for the odd man out in L.A. Nick, are the Lakers now ouch. just basically stuck with Russ? Yeah, that's an ouch. They, they might be, and I'll address that in a moment. But I would like the Indiana Pacers to remind themselves they're the Indiana Pacers. Before they start, la the, the Lakers are not a well-run organization. Don't get me wrong. But it, the Indiana Pacers, who have not been a relevant, a good team since the Duncan Dutchman and Larry Bird were walking through those doors and then briefly with Paul hey. George. Stop that. Stop laughing at other, at, uh, you, at other you folks didn't teams and other Reggie folks problems. Miller? My goodness. I thought I did. I saw, I said the Duncan you're, you're Dutchman and Reggie Miller. I thought Reggie I said Miller. that. I thought I, I thought I literally said, said Larry Reggie Bird. Miller. If I you didn't, said Larry my apologies. Bird. You oh, said Larry Bird, Bird coaching. You said Larry Reggie Bird. Miller. That's yeah. right. My apologies. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my bad. Okay. So yeah, okay. but the Pacers don't need to be laughing at anybody. <laughs> but here is the thing: the Lakers, if they are not going to vastly incentivize another team to take Russ off their hands then they're not going to have any chance of getting anyone to take Russ off their hands. If they are trying to present it as, hey, we are trading you a C player, we would like a B player, so we'll throw in a little something, then they're screwed. They need to treat it like it is. We are trading you an expiring contract. That is what Russell Westbrook is. That is his value. And we want some pieces back, so we will give you draft picks. The idea that they are going to mind meld any of these teams into thinking, oh, Russ, at this age, at this level of play, is going to help you, that's not going to happen. 
So I do believe because he's an expiring and because they have the ability to trade picks, Brew, that if they if they are dedicated to making it happen, it can happen. I don't agree with what Wilds has been saying, which is it basically can't happen. But I don't think they're going to be able to get it to happen on the cheap. I don't think they're going to be able to get it to happen. And the idea of, oh, we'll throw in THT. I don't know how much clutch client aside value THT has across the league at 10 million per year. <laughs> he did once upon a time, but not after the season he just mm-hmm. had. So I think it can happen, but I don't, it, the Lakers are not operating as if the rest of the league had league pass last year and watch Russell Westbrook play. They need to operate as if they did and the te- other teams know what Russ is. And if they don't, I don't think they'll be able to move him. I'm with you there, Nick. I'm with you on Indiana. They don't need to be laughing at anybody. And, uh, I, look, I think the Lakers did incentivize the deal. I'm not a huge THT fan. He's, he's pretty good. So they put him in there. They put a first-round draft pick in there. Remember, the talk was they might be able to get Buddy Hield and Malcolm Brogdon for Russell Westbrook. And, obviously, that's not going to happen if this report is true. Um, but I'm with you in also in that no one is untradeable. I've just seen too many guys that we thought was un, were untradeable get moved, namely Russell Westbrook, right? You didn't think Houston could trade him. He went to Washington. You didn't think Washington could trade him. He went to the Lakers. So it's possible. And Wilds, I'm going to throw out two name, two words to you. John Wall. Okay. Look, it, it's oh, time. Oh, God, please. It's time. We talked, hold on. we talked yesterday about a my problem for your problem scenario with the Nets and the Lakers. It's time, Lakers, because give them Russell and the first round pick because John Wall is a better fit than Russell Westbrook. John Wall is more of a true point guard. He does have better decision-making skills. I'm not saying he's perfect, and obviously we haven't seen him play in a long time. But he does have better decision-making skills. He's got something to prove. He won't go in there with the big head like, I'm a top 75 player, I'm a Hall of Famer, give me the ball and get out of the way. He will be willing to do whatever it takes. He shoots it better than Russ. He's, more, like I said, a better decision-maker. Do it. Then just do it. It's time. My problem for your problem. I hate to say it. At first, I had a very sour taste in my mouth when I heard that John Wall take. <laughs> but the more, the more you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, that actually makes total sense. And granted, I don't think he's not the defender that Darvin Ham wants, but neither is Russell Westbrook. Uh, you Thank know what? You. I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna buy that. All of a sudden, I'm going to buy that. Nick, are you buying the John Wall uh, for Russ switcheroo? Well, how does either one? How does either one of them fit with Kyrie though? Like, so is one of them coming off the bench? Okay. Like, shouldn't the Lakers be worried? All right. Oh, that's not. Happening. Oh, oh, you say okay, all right, okay. I mean, Listen, come back let's to just, Earth, well, Let's Nick. just wait and see. <laughs> I mean, okay. if I get Kyrie, Tell sure. Mark Stein and Woj yeah. and others. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying, let's just wait and see what happens uh, with with Kyrie before you trade for another point guard. The Lakers might be full up on point well, guards. Well, I'm, I'm assuming, with you on however, that. the Kyrie thing do- doesn't happen. Yeah, I, Wall does make more sense, but I, to me, man, that is not a needle mover. And if I again, 
I, I live in this weird world where LeBron James is still one of the best players in the league. I know he only averaged 38 and 6 last year, but Wilds didn't like his off ball defense. And so maybe, listen, maybe you'd rather have Miles Turner than LeBron James, some NBA teams. I don't know. I wouldn't. I would operate as if you can win a title with LeBron James and Anthony Davis if you have the right complementary pieces. And I operate in that world because I just saw it happen. And so I don't think John Wall is the right complementary piece. Would I rather have him than Russ? Yes. Would that make me, though, shake up my NBA tier significantly? No. Do I think that you can get some of those complementary pieces? For instance, when the Knicks strike out on Jalen Brunson, And when the Knicks realize Donovan's not getting traded and they're like, okay, what we need is cap space in future years. And we said we made some, uh, you know, bad decisions with some of these contracts we give out, like to Fournier, like to Burks. Do I think the Knicks might trade for Russell Westbrook if the Lakers will attach picks in order to get off those contracts so they have flexibility and the Lakers can maximize this year's roster? Yeah, I do think that's in play. But the Lakers have to be willing to come off not just one, but maybe multiple future picks in order to make that happen. Okay, can we put some respect on John Wall's name? I mean, seriously. Oh, my God. The last time he played, he was 20 points and seven assists a game. The last time Bradley Beal played in a significant playoff game, guess who was playing with him? John Wall. And I'm not saying he's an all-NBA player. I'm just saying, give him a chance. And 20 and 7 was a year ago. And you didn't, no, don't tell no, me you expected the, the him to win with game. that Rockets team with all those young kids. All right, that was a few years ago. But he's only 32, 31 years old. He'll be 32, I believe, in September. I I'm it. just saying, John Wall is not garbage. So, I, I, look, they could do a lot worse than John Wall. And what are you getting from the Knicks? You're getting a lot of good stuff hold from on. the Knicks? I, 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 Look, I think Evan Fournier would work well for the Lakers. I think Evan Fournier is a fine player. He's just on a terrible contract. I think better there are guys John who Wall? can get that can knock down Is he shots. better than John yeah, Wall? I am not. I want to I make this very clear. I am not arguing John Wall is a bad player. I am arguing that John Wall, A, is as big of an injury concern as anyone in the league at this point, and B, he's not a shooter. And how many times do we have to get on this treadmill of being halfway through a season and be like, oh, you know what LeBron James has always been unguardable with? Shooting. Maybe we should have added it. It's it's why I liked the Wayne Ellington move of all the Lakers moves, because at least he could shoot. All J.J. Redick. It is the draft day edition of the Bud List today. Is Chet Holmgren taking the top spot? Find out next. First things first. Time to find out who's under duress. Baker Mayfield might be on the move soon. Josina Anderson reporting yesterday the Seahawks are still very much interested in acquiring Baker. That's good news. Is it enough to avoid a budless nomination, though? Chris Broussard, if Baker's not under duress, who is this week in the world of sports? Well, Jenna, the draft is tonight in the NBA, so it's all basketball on this year, this week's Bud List. Well, kind of. Uh, it's kind of, sort of. Because number one or number five on the Bud List is the first, Kevin Wilds. That's right, Kevin oh. Wilds. You are hey, on the Bud awesome. List. 
You've already abandoned John Morant for Patrick Beverly and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now you're threatening to leave the Orlando Magic if they don't draft Chet Holmgren? Here's the deal. You need Chet Holmgren to be awesome, a superstar, and you also need Jabari Smith or Paolo Bancaro, whoever they draft, to be a flop. So I, it's a no, lot of pressure on you, man, because I, I don't think any of those no. things are okay. happening. Okay, stay, 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 hold on one darn second. As Eric Mangini said in his infinite wisdom, you don't need to put out another man's candle to make your own brighter. I can still want Paolo and Jabari to succeed and be great, but I still want Chet to be number one. And I made a quick pros and cons list, Broussard, on reasons you should take oh. Chet and, you know, the pros and then the cons. First, let's go through the pros. I uh, shot 74% on two. That's great. He's a great shooter. He's going to be a great three-point shooter. He's got a great handle. Look at this. Another spin move and a dunk. Plays great defense, even though he's a little bit frail. He was fourth in the nation's blocks. He's got great chemistry, considering that he grew up with and won three Minnesota State titles with Jalen Suggs. He knows the game. In a recent interview, he was talking about, yeah, I got that from KD, but KD got that from T-Mac. I watch a lot of T-Mac footage, and T-Mac was running a similar pin downs, so he's studied the game and he's got a toughness so there you go those are the pros how about cons uh is a little skinny okay that's basically it so i don't know you got all those pros and you got yeah a little bit skinny magic do the right thing be smart use your head let's go fellas draft jet superstar potential that's I all hope, I got for sorry. Wiles, I hope your boy chet becomes a superstar i really do i think it'd be great for the league but I'm not, I'm, I'm cautious by nature. And so I'm not willing to give that to Chet. If I'm the magic, cautious I'm sorry, but nature. I'm gonna lose you as a, I'm gonna lose Horrible you as a super group. fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize for this interruption in the bud list. Moving on to number four, <laughs> Kevin Durant. Uh, decisions, decisions. Mike, I mean, should I get involved with the Kyrie uh, contract negotiations? Uh, if I don't get involved and he walks, should I request or demand a trade? If I demand a trade or request a trade, I could end up in Chicago or Orlando or Sacramento or God, God knows where I could end up with. So maybe I'll just chill. Uh, tough, tough situation for Kevin Durant. All right, at number three, his buddy Kyrie Irving. Decisions, decisions. Should I risk leaving the place I love? He's living in the same town he grew up in. He wanted that his whole career. Now he's here and he might leave it. He grew up rooting for the Nets. Now he's here, he might leave it. He, he's wanted to play with his buddy, Kevin Durant. They have a chance to win a championship. Now he's here, he might leave it. Oh, and I'm gonna leave it all because they won't give me the contract I want. But you know what? I'll take $30 million less to go play in L.A. where I don't, I, I don't want to be but, and, and to play with LeBron, who I left. How's that make sense? So I, Kyrie's got a lot to think about, a lot to think about. All right, at number two, someone else with a lot to think about. The Orlando Magic front office. Yes. They are, in addition to weighing the you know, pros and cons of losing you as a fan, they have to decide, do we swing for the fences and pick Chet Holmgren, who's upside? Yes. I mean, he won't be what their other number one picks are. Shaquille O'Neal, 
Chris Webber, which became Penny Hardaway, and Dwight Howard, but he could be a superstar or a star. Or do we play it safe and go with Jabari Smith or Paolo Bancaro, who also look like they could be stars? So it's going to be, it's a tough decision because if Chet becomes Nick what Wild thinks he can, then uh, yeah. they could look bad if they pass on it. Well, Wilds has broken the seal. Interruptions now allowed on the bud list. So I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you here, Brew. My apologies, because I think you have the wrong front office that's under duress. It should be Sam Presti in Oklahoma City, because this house of cards is gonna come tumbling down at some point, and here's why. <laughs> Sam Presti undeniably did an amazing job early in his tenure, not just in building the team but in picking the right players. Yeah, Durant was a no-brainer at two, but a lot of people questioned the Russ pick and the Harden pick, and they were the right picks. He did a great job, got a Baca, did great things, traded Harden only because the owners made him do it. However, he now is running a scam. And whether, he, I don't think he believes he's running a scam, but that's what in effect it is. And I am so tired of hearing my media colleagues talk about the best GM in basketball, and not mention Masai Ujiri, or Bob Myers, or my pal Daryl Morey, and instead Sam Presti, why? Because you know what a lot of teams could do? Be awful and acquire picks. Not hard, it's actually the easiest thing to do in sports. Not try to win games, take on other teams' bad contracts, and get their picks. But here's why they're under duress, Brew. They now have too many picks and they now must flip those picks into something. They right now are playing in their rotation. Six guys they've drafted in the first round in the last three years. They also have 16 first round picks in the next five years. 16 more what? coming. Three tonight, 13 in the four years after. That's You don't have that many roster spots, let alone that many rotation spots. So at some point, they need to, and I think that point is this evening, after they draft whomever they draft at number two, start packaging those picks for players that can help you right now. Because you have an excellent player in SGA. You actually have, I like Giddy, a Dort's fine, I, a Poku's fun, but you've got, they won 24 games, 22 games. They've got to start winning. They're halfway through Sam Hinkie's process with none of the criticism of it. And there's, there's talk that no, they want to be bad again because they want Victor Wimbayama. So at some point, you got to try to win games. So I say they're under more duress than the Magic group. Well, look, I do hear you about uh, Sam Presti. And I, look, he did a fantastic job with the three superstars you mentioned, Harden, Westbrook, Durant. And he is riding on that reputation. And I do agree that this whole notion about draft picks, draft picks, draft picks, I get it. Draft picks are important. But they have been incredibly overvalued in today's NBA. These GMs sell their owners on, hey, we're no good and we won't be for the next three years, but we got a ton of draft picks. Well, get, here's a newsflash. Most lottery picks don't pan out. Lottery picks, let alone first or second round picks. So I agree with you on that, Nick, but I can't put them on the list. They got the number two pick in the draft and I think they're in a good position to take Chet Holmgren. Assuming the magic pass on him, they can take the risk. Now, he won't become Kevin Durant, 
but it's kind of like when Portland took Greg Oden and it was easy for the Magic. Oh, wow, we didn't have to make that decision. We'll just take KD and the rest is history. So I think they're in a good position. It's a good place for him to grow. The fan base is patient. He could grow in a small market where there's not a ton of attention on him. So I, I don't think they're under duress because I like Chet Holmgren there, assuming they take him. All right, but I'm going to go number one, Nick, and I'm staying in the front offices. All right, and this is not going to be a surprise, but it's the Nets. Nets run off is Sean Marks. They're at top the bud list this week. Um, they Obviously, we know the situation. Do we cave once again? We caved and we fired Kenny Atkinson, who we really liked as a coach. You know, we caved and let Kyrie start playing role games, even though he wasn't vaccinated. We didn't really want to, but we caved. So do we cave again and show absolutely no background and show that our culture is not that of a winning NBA franchise, but it's that of an AAU team. And our players just tell us what absolutely what to do. So I, they got a lot of decisions to make because it has been talked about. They could upset their best player, Kevin Durant. And so Sean Marks uh, got a lot to think about that. I don't know what you guys are going to say now because you you butted no, in you, and you interrupted. And, no, and just, you took it. We agree. You know, uh, shook the globe, okay. but it worked yeah. out well for you. Jenna, I don't know. The butt list was kind of disheveled this week. Yeah. I think it Jumping worked out perfectly. Though. I think it worked out perfectly. Good All stuff. Right. Uh, Maybe we'll try. We do. We have to make a turn before we go. We do want to mention the Fox Sports family was saddened yesterday by the passing of former colleague Tony Siragusa. Loved Tony. Everyone loved Tony. He had such a such a passion for football. One of the most charismatic NFL players you've ever met, both on the field and then, of course, in front of the camera as well. Gone way too soon. Our thoughts are with the entire Siragusa family. We'll be right back. First things first, Fox NBA analyst Rick Buecher joins us. Good morning, Rick. We're getting ready for uh, tonight's NBA draft. So Kevin Wilde's pesky Orlando Magic have the first overall pick. But we learned yesterday that if the Magic don't draft his guy, Chet, he's done with the Magic. So if that's the case... Can tell you who will the Magic select? Our friends at Fox Bet have odds on the first overall pick. Paulo Banquero overtook Jabari Smith as the favorite last night. Then in third, the seven-footer, your guy Wilds. Chet. Wilds, will the Magic regret passing on Chet if they do? Strong, strong, yes. And I hope Paulo <laughs> does well, Rick. I hope everybody does well. Those odds have thrown me for a loop. If you love Paolo, you think to he's going to be great, you think he's going to be, you know, bring you to the seven seed like Chet will next year, then I'm for it. But just don't make this draft pick because you're worried about Chet. Fortune favors the bold is not only the slogan of a scam cryptocurrency, but also the right way to end draft in the NBA. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Damon. So here's the thing, Rick. I went and pulled some uh, some some uh, old draft profiles. I'll read two of you, two of them. And these guys had big question marks. Here's one. 
You see if you can guess who this is. Ready for this one? Compared to some freaks in the NBA, this person appears relatively normal. He doesn't explode out of the gym with his leaps, and he won't blow past anyone with his speed either. Guess what? That was about Giannis. He was just a skinny kid from from Greece. (laughs) Turns out he's also a finals MVP. How about this one? Here's another guy. He's probably never going to end up being a star in the league because of a lack of explosiveness. That one was Steph. He had bad ankles. He played for a little school. He's a good shooter, but uh, not gonna, he's not, probably not going to be a star. Those are the last two or two of the, th- of the three last finals MVPs. The other guy being LeBron James, who's obviously number one guy. So you had LeBron, hmm. obviously number one, and two guys with question marks are your last three finals MVPs. The idea that you're playing it safe because Chet has too many question marks when they're really just one question mark, the guy sure is skinny, that's it. So, look, if you want to pick Paolo, um, I, I hope he does great. But just don't pick him out of fear of, of that Chet's too skinny. When Chet, obviously, I feel like everyone agrees, Rick, and I hope you're with me, has the best moonshot potential to be the guy like, yeah. oh, my goodness, I didn't realize that he was going to be mm. this good, that he was going to be a 25-point mm. guy, that he's a guy that you can ride to the playoffs for years to come. So good luck to Paolo. It looks like my Magic fandom is coming to an end. And just like the Magic, my, my national fandom for Orlando disappears tonight. Right? <laughs> oh, wow. That was, that was entertaining. Thank you for that this early in the morning, bringing the flamethrower. And I think maybe Chad is doing you a favor, or rather the Orlando Magic a favor, are doing you a favor Ending your allegiance to the Orlando Magic, because that can't be a very happy existence based on where they've been and where they're going to be (laughs) in the near future. This this is not the Portland Trailblazers passing on Michael Jordan because they had Clyde Drexler. The Orlando Magic are already the land of the long, skinny dudes. Jonathan Isaac... Mo Bamba, <laughs> Bo Bol. I mean, how you can't add any more long, tall, skinny dudes. They've already cornered the market on that. So I don't know what Chet ultimately is going to be. It's not just that he's skinny, but if, and from watching him uh, over the what course of there? this year, he's kind of slow. He's slow. The release is slow. Oh, okay. The moves are slow. And that's a bad combination. <laughs> it's one thing to be skinny. And fast is another thing to be skinny and slow. So, no, I look. If you want to give up the Orlando Magic, have at it. But don't, don't yeah, do it sure. over Chet Holmgren. There are there are bigger reasons to let go of the Magic. Chet is not at the top of the I'm list. Out. Oh, oh, he's gonna. No, no, no. Listen, he has. Wilds has been on the Magic. It was so weird. Because Wilds declared the Magic frisky and then immediately declared one of the reasons he liked them was he thought they were going to get the number one pick of the draft. Frisky teams typically don't get the number one pick of the draft, but they did get the number one pick of the draft. He was so excited about Chet, and now they're not going to draft Chet. Here's where I empathize with Magic fans. I can't. I can't hear Rick. Am I supposed to be able to hear Rick? I, 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 the, maybe that's my no. earpiece. Maybe that's Rick's. Rick, sorry, no, I'm not ignoring no, you. No, I'm gonna make my magic audio. point quickly here. So, uh, Brew, here's where I empathize with the Magic. They have been snake bitten in the draft ever since they got incredibly lucky in the draft, getting those three number one picks in a what was it a right. 15 mm-hmm. year stretch? It's like the basketball gods right. made them even on that. 
So I want to just tell the, in the last, this is the first time that even, as bad as they've been, this is the first time they've had a top three pick since 2013. When they had a top three pick in 2013, that's also known as the worst draft ever. That's the Anthony Bennett draft. They ended up getting Victor Oladipo, who played his best basketball for someone else. In 2014, Brew, they had the fourth pick. That was Mario Hazonia. You know who the third pick was? Joel Embiid. In 2015, they had the fifth pick. Or that was Mario Hazonia. The fourth pick was it was Aaron Gordon, and Embiid was third pick. Then they had Hazonia, took him fifth. Chris Stapps went fourth. In 2017... That's when they took Jonathan Isaac. De'Aaron Fox, who isn't great, but is far, you know, he's better than Jonathan Isaac. He went one spot ahead of him. They've been one spot out year after year after year. 2018, they had the sixth pick. You know what team had the fifth pick? The Dallas Mavericks. They ended up with Luka Doncic. Trey Young went fifth. They traded it. The Mavericks got, let me check. Oh, Mo Bamba. And last year, they had the fifth pick in what everyone said was a four player draft. So I say all that to say this, Brew. I think they feel the immense pressure of, we finally, nobody can say, ah, we just got unlucky. We were one pick out. So I think they are going to go safe. And I think of all these guys, Paolo is the safest. I've said, or Paolo is the safest. Mm. I've said, I think it should go Jabari, Paolo, Ivy, Chet. I would, I, at, once I get to the fourth pick, I'd be comfortable with what I think is a massive risk with Chet. But I think of of these guys, the one who is the least likely to be a bust is Paula. And so I think that's why the odds are shifting. That's why they're going to take him. Now, I understand the argument, which is you're the magic. You need to take big swings and you can't worry about fit. I do understand that. But I also understand their mindset, which is we got unlucky for a decade. We were one spot out of the spot we wanted to be in. And now we have the number one pick. We have to get a guy who's going to be on our team for the next eight years and be a contributor. And I think Paulo is the safest of all those. A contributor? I mean... I'm, de- I'm telling you, I think that's what they're doing. Go, go ahead, bro. A contributor? Yeah, you got the number one pick, I, 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 and we're taking a contributor. I'm sorry, Broussard. Wilds, I hear you. And, and I'll throw this at you, Wilds. This might make you feel good. I don't think it's going to matter. But you brought up Giannis earlier. Guess who the GM was who drafted Giannis? John Hammond, when he was with the Bucks. Now he's with the Orlando Magic. So maybe, you know, maybe it'll work out for you and they'll take Chet after all. I don't think so, and I don't think they'll regret it. Uh, I, You know, I, I don't even want to say it again. I hope he becomes a superstar. But unlike like Jalen Suggs says he's going to become the best white American player. His dad, Larry, who coached uh, Chet throughout his life, said he's going to be the best white American player since Larry Bird. I think there's a better chance that he becomes Chris Stapps Porzingis. And I tell you what, if he's a healthy version of Chris Stapps Porzingis, man, I'll take that. Because Porzingis, when he plays, is 20 and 8. And he's a very good player. We know he made one all-star team. So if Holmgren becomes that, and I think he could, then I can take that. I'd love to have that. But it's not enough to make me regret taking Jabari Smith or Paolo, who, who also could be Wilds better than Chris Stapps Porzingis. So, and I do, I think Jabari has more upside than Paolo, Nick. I think Paolo is safe. But I think Jabari could have more upside and is also safe. So I would take him. 
Okay, so I, I think he's going to be a better shooter than Kristaps. He's going to he's never been hurt because he's skinny. That's why I don't want him putting on weight. So I, I don't think he's going to be hurt. He's smoother than Kristaps. He's got a better handle than Kristaps, and he's certainly tougher than Kristaps. So although I know he's tall, that like that I don't think he's like Kristaps at all. He Somebody has got the like moonshot potential, Jenna. That's what the Magic need. They literally have shooting stars in their logo. The idea that they're playing it safe because they want a contributor that will work with Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs when Chet played with Jalen Suggs and they're good friends and it could be like it could be like Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and they don't want to do it is infuriating. <laughs> oh and that's why we're down to approximately maybe 11 hours of my Magic It was fandom. high school ball store. in Minnesota, Wilds. Stop it. Yeah. Well, they would have gone he's to not, Gonzaga too. They wanted either, to go to the Wilds. same school. Wilds, he's not oh, frisky. We got much more on the draft still to come, but we got to talk some Kyrie Irving. Is it on the board? He reunites with LeBron out in L.A. We'll discuss that next. First things first. We're talking the latest in Brooklyn. New article out from Woj detailing what's at stake for the Nets this offseason. He writes that Kyrie's impenetrable connection to Kevin Durant looms as a domino to the dismantling of a roster. In other words, the Nets' biggest fear is that if Kyrie walks, Durant could walk as well in the form of asking to be traded. Hey, Chris Broussard, do you expect KD to request a trade if Kyrie isn't on the next Nets season? Nets next season. You got it all? <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Uh, no, I don't okay. expect him to request a trade, at least not right away. All right, I think if Kyrie is not there next season. Now, it, there's differences of ways that Kyrie could leave as well. If he walks and they get nothing in return, that could hit KD differently than if they trade him in a sign and trade and get some decent stuff back for him. So there's that. But either way, I think this is what KD would do, Nick. I think he'd play out next season. And I don't think KD is thinking this way, but I'm thinking this way. With... Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons as their two guys, Philadelphia was a conference contender. Why can't Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons, if Ben is mentally right, I know it's an if, why can't they be a, at least a conference contender? All right, so if I'm Kevin Durant, I think he would play out this next season. If it doesn't go well in Brooklyn, then I think he talks to them about moving on. And to be honest, Nick, I think they would be open to that because it would be like, you, we, we can't win it. We tried the super team route. You gave us a shot, KD. We appreciate it. Now we're going to try to send you somewhere where you can win as long as it works out for us. So, Nick, I think he might request a trade later, but I, I, think, I don't think he would for this upcoming season if they lose Kyrie. I agree with that. The only thing you said that I disagree with is why can't you said Embiid and Simmons were conference contenders? I mean, they they made zero conference they, they finals, and the, well, I don't know. I mean, they made zero conference finals. 
I mean, with Embiid and Simmons together, the Hawks, the Heat, the Raptors, the Cavs, a lot of teams have made it further in the Eastern Conference playoffs than Embiid and Simmons did. And the East right now, I would argue, is tougher than it was in 2019, which was the best year of Embiid and Simmons together, the year they got to seven in the second round. And so I, I don't think Durant plus Ben Simmons with Steve Nash as the coach and that supporting cast, has any shot of winning the East. And I also agree, Wilds, I don't think Durant would immediately request a trade. But if Kyrie walks for nothing, I think Durant will leave within a year. I think Durant will give it his level best because Durant is a competitor. But I do not think Kevin Durant has played 28 total playoff games in the last four years. Kevin Durant does not like being at home for the NBA Finals, let alone the Conference Finals, let alone the second round as he was this year. And if the team just gets worse on paper, then I don't think he's going to go into this year with massive optimism. I think Kevin Durant signed up to show he can can play at the highest level in the NBA Finals with or without the Warriors. Well, you got to get there. And this Nets team has not given him a shot to get there. And you can't, this year he didn't play great in round one, but he at least scored a lot. It just wasn't that efficient. It wasn't, you know, totally on him they lost. And last year it certainly wasn't on him. They lost in round two. That series against the Bucks was as good of a series as he's ever played in his life, including the NBA Finals series. The Bucks and Giannis were just too much. So Kevin Durant turns 34 before this season starts. If folks think he is just going to sit quietly by if his team goes into the year with the fifth best odds, when right now, or in the East, right now, the Nets have the second best odds to win the title. I think that's crazy, but that's where they're at. Right now, it's Warriors, Nets. That's assuming Kyrie Irving's going to be there. If Kyrie Irving walks out the door... I think for Durant, it is such a seismic event, especially as Broussard mentioned. If they get nothing back for him, that of course he would reevaluate. And I wouldn't blame him for reevaluating whether or not this is at all what I signed up for. But I'm not sure if I was Kevin Durant, and I'm looking at my legacy as one of the top 15 best players ever, certainly one of the top 20 best players ever, I don't know if I want to reopen my Wikipedia page and see another, then he left this team. He got criticized for leaving the Thunder and going to the Warriors, won two championships, got two finals MVPs, and then he got criticized again for leaving the Warriors now that they've won. Now he's going to leave the Nets and go somewhere? Then what's best case scenario? He wins in place X, and then he would get criticized because he couldn't do it on his own because I'm sure place X is going to have a superstar that he'd want to play with. I just... That's. I just don't think he's well, going to do that. If I was on. him, I'm going to stay the course and not go ahead. No, I'm. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just. I. I don't think people necessarily would. Criti- people didn't criticize Durant for a saying, "I'm going to Brooklyn with Kyrie," and not many people criticized Durant for them going and getting Harden. I think yes, if he if he left Brooklyn to go to Milwaukee, then I think we'd be like, okay. So you're teaming up with Giannis. <laughs> but that's the Golden State. So where do you want him to go? Right? Like he could, where would you want him to my, go? How about Miami? What about Miami? Would anyone be like, oh, he's riding Jimmy Butler's coat? Well, here's Nobody the thing, Nick. Here, he's Nobody riding LeBron's coat I, I, I hear you on that. 
Miami wouldn't be bad, but remember, for him to get to Miami, they would have to give Brooklyn a lot. A, a lot of the players yeah, of that are in Miami that would make Durant want to be there would have to go to Brooklyn. And so maybe Miami's in a similar situation as Brooklyn is right now. But Wiles, here's my issue with what you said. He, I don't think people will look back at his legacy if he just leaves Brooklyn and say what you said. The reason he was criticized for leaving OKC was because they were a great team themselves. They had Russell Westbrook, another superstar, and they were up 3-1 on the team that he went to in the playoffs. So none of that would be the case with Brooklyn, but I do agree with Nick. He's got to be careful where he goes. If he goes to the Clippers to play with Kawhi and Paul George or the Milwaukee, then there, there's an issue there. So that that's what I'll say is this, Wiles, before I toss it back to you. Kevin Durant also has to be careful, particularly if he requested a trade like this summer, because he's got four years left on his deal, and the Nets no could theoretically yeah. send him anywhere. It's not like they'd have to send him, okay, Kevin, give us a list. Forget your list. I'm gonna, we're going to trade you to the best deal for us. So I think if he waits a year, the Nets might again be more amenable to sending him someplace he really has a good chance of winning without the stigma of, oh, he went to an easy situation where it was easy for him to win again. Yeah, but if Sean Marks and Joe Sy did that, I think they would never get another free agent if they did Kevin Durant. Yeah, I don't. Dirties, no, so money talks. Money um, talks, man. Here, here's please. No. <laughs> what, something you mentioned, Nick, and I want to really? just put this out there. You said we, it's funny how we view Kevin Durant's career because he is older and is, we think that his window is shrinking and it's been three years with Kyrie. It's like, hey, we gave it a shot. But if we can throw up this statistics here. He hasn't played that much with Kyrie, and even though it's been three years, obviously he had the injury, he's only, he hasn't played a full season with Kyrie, and they're pretty good. So it, does this color your perception of where we are in the Kyrie-KD, you know, partnership? No, but I think it colors KD. It feels KD's. like it's been a while, but it's actually very young. Yeah, I think KD looks at it and said, and that's why I think KD would be so furious if they let Kyrie walk out the door for nothing. And I'm sure KD wants them to re-sign him. I think he looks at it and says, guys, year before this, we were in the playoffs together. When Kyrie was healthy, we were six and one in the, in the postseason, right? They were, that, that is what, or I'm sorry, six and two. They, they went four and one against Boston. And then they were up 2-1 on Milwaukee in the game where Kyrie got hurt. This year, I think he says, yeah, we got swept with us together. But the whole year was the year from hell because Kyrie wasn't there. And by the way, I'm sure Katie wishes Kyrie got backs. But I, I'm also guessing there is a part of Katie that's like, yeah, but I get it. It's unfair. Other guys were able to play without being backs. And Kyrie, we were just unlucky yeah. in New York City law. I'm sure he believes the two of us Plus, hey, Ben Simmons, I haven't even seen him yet. We can go win the title, which is why I think he would be so disillusioned if they let Kyrie Irving walk out the door for nothing because one of the richest sense. people in the world, Joe Sy, doesn't want to pay him. I think it'd make him mad. Draft night tonight in Brooklyn. We'll talk about it tomorrow. On